The sermon this morning comes to us from the Old Testament lesson, especially Isaiah 44, verse 8, where these words are written, Fear not, nor be afraid. Have I not told you from of old and declared it? And you are my witnesses. Is there a God besides me? There is no rock. I know not any. When you heard the Old Testament lesson earlier, you might have imagined it as a courtroom scene. That's what Isaiah had in mind. There are two parties in this courtroom drama. The plaintiff and the defendant. The defendant are the gods and the people of Babylon, and the plaintiff is the one true God, the God of Israel, Yahweh himself. And to begin this trial, Yahweh, the plaintiff, makes a bold and opening statement of this. I am the first, I am the last, there is no God. There is no one like me. If there is, let him declare it. Let him set it before me and let him say what's to happen in the future. And the defendants, they say nothing. They can't. They're gods of stones. They're fairy tales of the mind. They cannot speak. So with that, Yahweh calls up his first witness. And his first witness that he calls up is Israel. Now this courtroom drama is all happening in the time of the Babylonian captivity. Israel is being sent off into captivity for their sinfulness, for their faithlessness towards God. And so this trial is happening in a foreign land. And because of that, the crowd is completely biased. The crowd whispers as Israel walks up to the stand. You're so called God. You're so called God. He doesn't love you. He allowed you to be captured. He's not all powerful. He's not all loving. He's not all merciful. In fact, he hates you. That's why you're here. And so Israel sits at the stand, afraid. And there's many gods all around, so-called gods, Apsu, Tiamat, Marduk, and the like. And because of this, Israel's God looks weak. Israel's God looks like it's in the minority. And yet, Israel is called to witness to the truth. And as Israel walks up to the stand, we hear Yahweh himself, the Lord, give a comforting message to Israel, his witness. He says, don't be afraid. Don't worry. You're my witnesses, and you've got this. You know what you've seen. You know what you've heard. And just speak the truth. You are my witnesses. What is a witness? Well, one person has defined a witness as a person who has seen or heard something that is objectively true. Something tangible. 
something reliable. That is what Israel was called to bear witness to. They were to bear witness to the truth of what made God unique. And we have to ask ourselves, what exactly made God unique? And that's really what Israel's pondering in their head while they're going up to the stand. And I can imagine they had three things in their mind among many others that came to mind. One, their God, Israel's God, Yahweh, had called one person from 800 miles farther away to walk, he and his family, to receive a promise in hope for something that they could not find out during their lifetime. That was Abraham. Then they might have thought of another thing that made God unique. They would have thought how God, at, in one instance, at exactly the same time, saved one people by walking through water and killed another by walking through water. Of course, I'm thinking of the Red Sea. And then they also would have thought of what God promised to another, how God promised to give a mortal king an immortal kingdom, King David. Could any god of stone do that? This is one of those times I'm actually asking the question. Could any god of stone actually do any of those things? No. Can any god of the imagination make those things happen? Can a fairy tale cause those things to be? No. Only God could do that. Only Yahweh could do that. None existed before him. None would outlast him. And Israel is the witness. They have seen these things take place. And that is exactly what Israel did. Think of some of the great people who lived during the time of the Babylonian captivity. They would have heard this message from Isaiah. You are my witnesses. And that's exactly what they did. Think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were witnesses to the one true God, were they not? They were willing to walk into the fiery furnace and, sacrifice, and be sacrificed for their faith in the one true God. They were witnesses. And think of Daniel. Daniel willing to pray in his room with an open window straight to Jerusalem while everybody could see him. Why? To bear witness to the truth that there was no God like the one true God. Now I'm switching gears here for a minute and I want to quote to you a famous um, two-line phrase from Shakespeare. It comes from the comedy As You Like It. Shakespeare wrote these words. All the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players. Now, I want to take that phrase, all the world's a stage, and the men and women are merely players, and I want to kind of turn it a little bit for our purpose of the sermon today. Instead of all the world being a stage, I want to say, and I believe this to be true, that all the world is a courtroom. And all the men and women, and that includes you, are merely witnesses.
Much has been made and said of the fact that Christianity right now seems to be on the decline. This isn't anything new, though. In fact, this is what has been happening over and over and over again throughout time. And this is exactly what was happening during the time of Isaiah. Like the time of Isaiah, faith in the one true God is in the minority. Like the time of Isaiah, the church now is sitting in dispersion, scattered around, not gathered together as it ought to be. Like the time of Isaiah, we as the church are the witnesses in the midst of the weeds. It's almost like that courtroom scene that I had described earlier, but instead of calling up Israel as a witness, now God is calling up you as the witness. Now I can tell you I've watched my fair share of courtroom dramas. I love watching Law and & Order and all of its iterations. And as I watch these shows, it almost always portrays the same exact things. Witnesses in high-stakes courtroom dramas. And that's what we live in. And the witnesses who are called up are often scared. They're abused. They've been led to believe that their life depends on living a lie that their perpetrators have told them. So, what do the attorneys have to do to get these witnesses to speak up? They have to prepare their witnesses. And often when preparing the witnesses in these courtroom dramas, it comes down to the attorney telling the witness one simple thing. Faithful witnesses just let the truth speak for itself. We are witnesses. That's what Isaiah said today. And in our situation, unlike the days of Isaiah, we have different kinds of gods and philosophies. But they also, like the time of Isaiah, might seem greener and more persuasive than the Christian, Christian faith. Atheism seems more credible. Absolute tolerance seems more compelling. Moral pluralism seems more convincing than God-breathed, scripture-inspired positions of the Christian faith. And people often today speak into your ears this message. Your version of the Christian faith is old-fashioned. It is outdated. It can no longer speak to our current situation. Your God is not all loving. He's not all merciful. He is hateful and he is vengeful. And you better not speak anymore. And I can imagine that when you hear those things, you are like a scared witness. And it's easy to feel in that moment that you ought to be silenced. But that is where our Old Testament lesson informs our witness. Because today, Jesus calls us to be his witnesses in the weeds. And Jesus speaks through to us through the prophet Isaiah. Fear not. Do not be afraid. Have I not told you everything from of old? Have I not declared to you everything that is to happen? And you're my witnesses. There is no God. There is no rock like me. 
And God speaks to you through his son what is true. He convinces you of what is good, right, and holy. No philosophy, no false god can stand up to true faith in the one living God. And this is the witness that we give from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I've also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Knowing this emboldens you to speak and respond to the false truths and the half lies that you hear. Can nihilism save you? Can this, nihilism is the belief that nothing is true and that nothing matters. Can nihilism really save you? I'm actually asking the question now, guys. No. Can Allah forgive sins? No. Can Buddha hear your prayers and respond to them? No. There is no other God like our God. In fact, we have one thing that makes our claim even more powerful, and it is this. And this is where I'm actually asking you to respond, so be ready. This is what makes our witness true. Christ is risen. Let's try that again. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Now this is not a popular opinion, but Jesus told us ahead of time what was going to happen. He told us that we were going to have to bear witness to this fact. And this is why he said, don't be anxious beforehand what you are to say, because it is not you who speaks, but it is the Holy Spirit who speaks through you. We are the witnesses of Christ and his resurrection in the midst of the weeds. And the courtroom drama might seem like it is stacked against us, but we know the absolute truth. And because of that, even when our witness seems like it might be weak, we can let the truth speak for itself because the truth will win out on the last day. And that's why we come here to church every week, so that we can hear this fact that, yes, I am a sinner, but Christ died for my sins. His life, his suffering, and his death paid for everything that I have done wrong, and it pays for everything that everyone has done wrong, so that all who believe in him, all who receive him through the waters of baptism, through trust in his word, through the sacrament of the altar, will receive eternal salvation. And by the way, this is why we are going to confess the creed in just a minute. This is our aid in our witness. It proclaims the truth. And for whenever we are afraid, all we have to do is simply say this and know that the truth will win the day because we know that at the last, Christ will come to judge the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. This truth will live out against all of the lies of this world. You are witnesses. Is there any other God like the gods, like the God that we have? No. We have one God who existed before all others, the creator of the living, of all things living, 
We have one God who redeems us and sanctifies us and gives us faith so that we can last unto eternal life. He, there is none like him, there is none before him, and there is none after him. And you are his witnesses. And that is what he has declared to you today. Amen.